Morning Liberty. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful Friday it is. I just want to uh, welcome. I just want to welcome everyone to the Good Morning Liberty podcast, the Good Morning Liberty show, whatever you want to call it. It's a uh, it's a place where we learn about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. That's what this place is. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that Nate is in the best Friday mood he's ever <laughs> been in his entire life. And my name's Charlie, by the way. And Nate, my business partner, confidant, best friend, and uh, always runner up on the show. <laughs> <laughs> is just having a whale of a Friday. This Nate, is, can you explain to all of our valued listeners so how the day is going for you? Let me frame this up in the best way I'm, possible. By the way, I'm having a great day. I'm sure you are. My whole day has been not bad. Well, just to frame this up for everyone, um, we are expanding here. So I'm going to say this in the best and just most political way possible. We're expanding. So we moved into a new studio room here, and we're getting it set up. And apparently, it matters which little plug-in adapter you plug in to the different audio interfaces and everything. Well, tell well tell them what we're doing though. We have a well, we have bigger yeah we have a bigger desk. So we got the big desk. We're go we're switching room. switching to live video really soon here. Yes, yeah. So we told you guys about that. We're getting set up for that. We're gonna working on the background of our room here, setting it up, gonna make it look all good. And we moved from one room to another room this morning. They heard about the new chairs, which I got mine, and you're still waiting on yours. I'm still waiting on my perfect Amazon chair <laughs> this whole week for you. <laughs> and uh, so I couldn't get a chair yesterday, and then today, whilst moving the things over here. Apparently, I fried the audio interface that we used to record <laughs> by plugging in the wrong thing to it, the wrong power adapter. So if you hear a slight, uh, well, first off, the echo that you can hear, one, that's because we switched into a room, a new room, and we have not put up any acoustic panels anywhere yet. No, no soundproofing. So, very echoey room, which we will work on really quickly. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, we're not going to be able to work on the production quality of this very much because we're just using a live audio mixer that we haven't used in a while. We're not using the normal interface that we normally use. Yeah. This is the old, 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 uh, pretty new, uh, just a regular soundboard, a live soundboard. Yeah. So whatever we get is what we got. If our different voices are, you know, different levels or anything, we're getting everything out at one track right now. Just one track can't change the levels of the vocals unless I go in to every single line and change, you know, move it up and down as we go along, so, which I'm not going to do. Just no. let you know. But, um, you know, that people don't want to hear about all of our problems. I don't want to mess up their weekend or anything. What they want to hear about is. Good morning, Liberty, which yeah. means they should subscribe. They should to yes. this podcast. It's a purple button. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, hit that purple button, which will subscribe you to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. And without you doing anything ever in the future, our show will show up on your phone every time we release an episode, which is every single day, Monday through Friday. And even though the audio audio interface is not working today, probably because Nate fried it. That's that's more than likely what happened. The show must go on. That's how much we care about this. The show must go on. So regardless of how much I messed it up this morning, and, and you know, we haven't really proven that in a court of law yet. We don't know for sure no. that I messed it up. But we're going to act under the assumption that this nice uh, audio interface that we bought uh, several months ago no longer works simply because I plugged in the wrong power adapter to it. For the record, it's it's worked for almost every show we've done. Yeah, yeah. So not this one. 
The only difference is we moved studios. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you know, that's what you get when you underpay your employees, Charlie. That's I mean, what, do, what are you going to do? <laughs> that's what I, yeah. So what I, I guess I need to hire better work. <laughs> I hear okay. there's some uh, people south of the border that will do, yeah, do way better for cheaper. They so. probably will. <laughs> See. Okay. So, uh, we need to go through some news real quick. Your Friday news. There's a lot there. Well, there's actually not that much going on. Yeah. There's a little bit. There's the thing, a little bit. I mean, what's, what is still the mainstream media talking about, which we hate by the way, fake news. <laughs> what are they talking about? Impeachment. Um, that's it. Now who cares Just, that's about it. impeachment? There's way more going on than whether or not Donald Trump's going to get impeached. Cause let me give you a quick synopsis of what's going to happen. The House is going to impeach Donald Trump. Yes. That's what they're going to vote for. Yep. I'm just going to quickly do this for you. Uh, and then the Senate is not going to confirm it, just like what happened in the last two impeachments that we've had. Uh, I, well, I guess there's only been one. Well, Bill yeah, Clinton. Clinton. Uh, Nixon was impeached, Nick, but he, he resigned. Yeah, he yeah. resigned before they actually yeah. could and confirm And then Andrew it. Johnson was impeached, whoever the heck that guy is. Yeah. No offense, President Johnson, but we don't care. Right. We just don't. Um, yeah, so nothing's going to happen. Any relation to Gary Johnson? Probably a distant, distant relative, I would, I would, I would assume. So. Yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to mention is, is Tulsi Gabbard, who's running for president, by the way. She is a representative of Congress, and she does not, she's not a senator. Uh, unfortunately, uh, what's her name, did not know that. Word. Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter, <laughs> yeah. Ann Coulter I tweeted out in all caps. Well, some of the letters were all, some of the words were all caps, by the way. Yeah. That Tulsi Gabbard could not have voted to advance impeachment because she was a senator <laughs> and not a representative. And uh, sorry, Ann Coulter, you're wrong. If you're going to put something in all caps and trying to make a point, like you need to you, spend two seconds at least checking that. <laughs> yes. Just two seconds doing it. And it's so easy to look it up. Somebody, uh, it was so funny because somebody had posted a reply to her that said, um, they had t- taken a screenshot of them searching is Tulsi Gabbard a senator and the first thing under Google actually I think they just typed in her name Tulsi Gabbard and the first thing under under Google that search says Tulsi Gabbard is a representative representing yeah. this district and what they did is they crossed out like clearly crossed out uh, representative and wrote above it senator <laughs> and they crossed out what district she represents and like put in another one has she deleted that tweet yet no she actually she uh quoted herself a couple times with that tweet she really? quoted the tweet yeah and said oh i've made one mistake in my life basically <laughs> and everybody's like coming down on me about that oh okay so uh another thing another thing the uh, jobs report came out today, and I just wanted to mention it real quick because the unemployment rate did tick down just a little bit. It ticked back. I, it, it was up a little can, bit last I, month. Can I interrupt you? Yes. Because you skipped right over your prediction of the impeachment. Oh, yeah. The, the House That's is, what the mainstream media is talking about, yeah. and I just want to see what your thoughts are. The House is going to impeach. The Senate will not confirm, and we will have our first ever impeached president that we'll be voting for in November that w- will be on the ballot. So, November. so what you're saying is they can just skip all this. Yeah, it's they don't need to do any of this. Absolutely. The do-nothing Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, they're not, Our, you, you realize. They're just doing nothing. They're not doing anything that resembles like making laws or anything like that. So maybe that's good. Maybe that's good because I generally don't like anything that they ever do ever. So 
Maybe yeah. maybe it's good that they're preoccupied with this. The less things that the government can do, the better. Yeah. Now, if they were in there scrapping laws, like taking them out and making like nullifying those, well, that would be okay. But they'd just be making new laws that infringed on all kinds of rights of yours. So yeah, yeah. May- maybe it's better that they're wasting their time right now. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, right. that's going to happen when uh when Trump is on the ballot in November, he'll be the first ever impeached president that is running for re-election and could p- potentially get re-elected. But yeah, that jobless the uh, the jobs number came out. The jobless report. The jobless <laughs> report came out. So it So this tr- is what's this is what's really happening, right? Yeah, these are yeah. things that like kind of kind of matter a little bit more. Jobs are pretty important. Yeah. Th- those are important. So the the actual unemployment number uh, went down just just a little bit, uh, back down to three point five percent. It was up last month, but that was mainly because of that whole strike from GM, and that actually caused the those people were counted as unemployed while they were striking. Hmm. So the the so they un- weren't getting paid. Um, no, they were getting paid. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were still getting paid because they they're just... part of a tyrannical union. Gotcha. So, yeah, uh, but they were counted in the unemployment number last month, which made the unemployment number go up last month, which made for all kinds of headlines about how the unemployment was was going up. And so now it's gone back down. It's sitting at 3.5% again, which is the lowest number since December of 1969. So, you know, hasn't been down this low, but what do we say about the unemployment number? It it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a real number. It's it doesn't, not the, no. It doesn't really tell you anything. At all, because what if, is what's the real number again? What's, the labor force participation rate yes. is what actually matters, and that is down from this time. I did go ahead and look at the labor force participation rate, which is at sixty three percent right now. Now it was lower in twenty fifteen and and um, early twenty sixteen. It was about sixty two percent. So it's gone up a little bit since. Trump got in office, if that's what you want to say is the reasoning for it. So the labor force participation rate has actually gone up a little bit since Trump took office, uh, but it is not where it used to be like 20, 30 years ago. It was sitting around 67% of the labor force was actually working. And uh, and right now it's about 63-ish percent. Because, because <clears throat> this unemployment rate is a ridiculous rate. We talk about statistics all of the time, and we talk about how they can skew numbers to benefit in their favor and what they do with the unemployment rate it's it's spelled out in plain english the people that are unemployed that stop looking for jobs they just don't count them anymore yeah that's when you give up like if the labor market which i'm not saying this is the case right now but if the labor market is so terrible that you decide that you're going to give up looking for a job then eventually you're no longer counted as unemployed. And that's ridiculous. Even though technically you're unemployed. You're unemployed. <laughs> and the labor market's so terrible that you gave up trying to find a job. And we use a number that would actually not count you as unemployed. Or your government benefits are so good you don't want to look for a job anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Although you can't qualify for benefits. Yeah. Unless you look for a job. The other thing I looked at was that the uh, wages have gone up about 3%. Uh, so far compared to last year. So, of course, this says wages have rose just 2.9% for the year. So 2.9% wages have gone up. And I was looking at average and median wages earlier because I just wanted to see what the average wage was in the country. And, and actually, our average wage in the U.S. is about $24 an hour. That's about the, the actual average wage. And you hear this 
you hear people that talking seems pretty, about this. That seems pretty middle class. It's pretty good. Now, there's a lot of people that aren't making that, for sure. And there's a lot of people that are making a whole lot of money, so they're dragging that number upwards, right? That's why we typically will use the median wage instead, uh, but I hate I hate the median wage. It is it is my one of my least favorite quoted statistics ever because it doesn't take into account if you're creating new jobs and or if you have a lot of people that are, you know, maybe the kind of people that would be working entry wage jobs. Your median wage can actually stay the same or go down while your economy is actually getting better and there's a lot of people moving up into the upper uh into the upper sections of the economy. If you're creating a bunch of new jobs that are like things that people that are older are going to work or things that people who are younger are going to work, think about like your greeters at Walmart or your cashiers and people who work at McDonald's and things like that. Um, if you're creating a bunch of those jobs, they'll, they'll actually drag down the medium wage. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty annoying, actually. So like if you have – let's just say that you have three people. Just think think through this with me for a minute. If you have three people and they're each making their corresponding number as a wage, so like person one's making one dollar a year, uh, person two's making two dollar a year, and person three is making three dollars a year. Well, so your median wage is two at that point in time, right? Uh, that so that's pretty simple. So if number three does so well that they create a new business and it's something that a lot of young people or older people are going to work. And they create a bunch of new wages, a bunch of new jobs at level one, then what will actually happen is your medium wage will go down during that point in time. Even if the people in number two and three are making more money or they're still making the same, your medium wage will go down simply by creating new jobs because you're creating maybe new entry level jobs. So it's a it's one of these statistics that can be manipulated over time where you say like our median wage has been flat for a long time or it's only gone up, you know, so much versus inflation, it doesn't really tell you what people inside of those the actual people inside of those income groups are doing. And what you're saying is you don't like it. I don't like it. I you don't. That whole last few minutes could have been summed up with I don't like it. Yes. That's, that's it. That's and all it meant. What you want to do is impeach the median. I do. I want to and I don't know if it'll get confirmed you know <laughs> but i would like to at least inquire into impeaching using the median number well close the door to the studio and we'll have some meetings about it okay <laughs> that sounds good man <laughs> we'll see if somebody wants to break down our door <laughs> uh do you want to take the uh, katie hill thing or what what do you think you want me to go on it yeah, no let me let me do this okay let, all right let me do katie hill okay so if you don't know who katie hill is uh perhaps you've seen her <laughs> let's, let's just say that. So this uh, this story is coming from Wait. Is this Wait dot com? W A T E. Um, well, so this it's, a, uh, it's, the, an, it's an Associated Press. They, yeah, they they reposted something from the Washington Associated Press. Is That's where it right. Came from yeah. Uh, so Katie Hill, if you don't know, she was uh, caught in a scandal where she was in kind of this three way relationship with her interns slash people that work for her, whatever, there was a, uh, a naked photo of her brushing uh, one of the people that works for her mm. hair. That, <laughs> and that was, that was posted everywhere. And apparently there was a relationship going on and all this stuff. So anyway, Katie Hill, the headline, Katie Hill blames scandal resignation on, quote, double standard. 
So coming out of the Washington Associated Press, California freshman Congresswoman Katie Hill bid a defiant farewell to the House on Thursday, suggesting a double standard forced her resignation amid a messy divorce, gutter politics, and nude photos made public. In her last floor speech, Hill apologized to supporters, especially young girls and those who are different, for letting them down after toppling a Republican incumbent and rocketing toward the top of Democratic politics. Then she turned her fury on a system that she said allows Trump and other men accused of misconduct to remain in some of the highest offices of the country. This is, quote, this is bigger than me. I am leaving now because of a double standard. Hill, who only days ago sat at the Democratic leadership table, said from the well of the mo- of the mostly empty house. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> no one was there. There were three people listening to her resignation. She said, quote, I'm leaving, but we have men who have been credibly accused of intentional acts of sexual violence and remain in boardrooms on the Supreme Court in this very body and worst of all, in the Oval Office, end quote. Hill added, I'm leaving because of a misogynistic culture that gleefully consumed my naked pictures and capitalized on my sexuality. She said the photos were taken and posted without her consent. Okay. Now, look, the photos may have been taken and posted without her consent. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with a double standard whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I want to know is like. When in the world does, does, when are accusations the exact same things as the truth? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's really weird to me because if I imagine like if this had actually happened to uh, like say a Republican guy that was in the House of Representatives or Senate, I don't know. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. It's not all caps. Ha- House uh, Congresswoman of- House. Okay. Yeah, so the House. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, can you imagine if this had happened to a, a freshman Republican congressman? And there were actual nude photos of him, and he was actually having a relationship with his staffers. Like, do you really think that the people that are on the Democratic side would not be calling for him to resign? Who even cares if it's a Republican? Has this happened to an actual male before? Yeah, it it, it has. Which it actually has, by the way. Now, yeah. look, Donald Trump and his comments about grabbing him by the, you know what? This is a family show. I can't say that word. Um, that's who, a who that's, that's a dirty word. Yeah, the, yeah. The who who his locker room talk, whatever. Donald Trump's a pig. The dude is. I get it. Yeah, but no one could actually prove that he did anything. Brett Kavanaugh, when he was eighteen at a party, whatever, did he do it? Possibly. It's possible, but we don't know. And I guarantee you, if we could prove it that he was able to do it, he would be removed from office. Yeah, they if would the, be a mo- removed from office. If Just there like, were photos of him doing this, yes, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's very it's very possible that the men that she talks about, Supreme Court, that are in boardrooms, that are in the body, what whatever. But in this country, we have a presumption of innocence. You're not guilty by accusation. You're gu- you're guilty by a verdict after an investigation of of proof that you've done something. If we're guilty by accusation, then Anybody can say anything at any time. Yeah. And then it's it's mob rule, right? That's what used to happen, by the way. Mm-hmm. Back that, in the day, you get a crowd of people that would say, oh, this this woman committed adultery, whether she did or not, and then they'd stone her to death. Yeah. 
or whatever it was. This Back man, in the good this, old days. This man stole a loaf of bread, whether he did or not, just because you didn't like him. Uh, Tony could have been his name. Who knows? You didn't like <laughs> Tony, and then they would, you know, cut his head off. Yeah, I don't. I don't and, recommend that we go back to that. No, no. So you have to have a standard. And look, like I said, these guys, there, there's probably there's a lot of men that are pigs out there, right? A lot of them. And I think that that men need to do a better job with other men. I think it's our responsibility as men to make sure men that we raise our sons, at least like my son, not to be a pig yeah, and not to be disgusting and gross. But at the same time, this isn't some kind of double standard. Like, look, you were having sexual relationships with your staffers and you had pictures taken and then they became public. So the uh, the only option for you is to resign. Not to mention this whole thing is stemming from they they passed this new ethics rule after the whole Me Too movement came about that she probably and, wrote and they yeah and she was I believe involved in this and they passed this whole new ethics rule that says you cannot have any relationship with your staff whatsoever and I'm pretty sure she was part of that and maybe this could all apply everything that she said maybe this could apply like three or four years ago, but just think of what we've seen with the whole Me Too movement over the last few years. Any guy that got accused of anything got removed from like every place, especially in corporations, in private corporations, they got removed. Like Matt, like Matt Lauer? In, immediately, they got taken out. Uh, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, yeah. So you have all these people. There was a CEO of a, oh, some hotel some big hotel chain out in Vegas. I can't remember when, when resorts, I think uh, he, he stepped down. So we've seen even, this even, but even people in, you know, Congress and stuff like Al Franken, who was one of the keynote speakers at Politicon, by the way. Yeah. He, and he, there was a, a protester that stood up in the middle of his speech and, and yelled, uh, called him a child predator and all of this stuff. Yeah, and sexual him a predator and everything. And a rapist. Yeah. And then which, we, which, which guess what? They had photo evidence of him, <laughs> Grabbing a, a female's breast while she was asleep, which yeah. is which is wrong. Yeah. Did you? Are you okay over there? I just I am flailing my, when they when we go live, you'd be able to see me do that. Just flailing your arms and around. Yeah, I hit the mic. <laughs> so another one that came to mind here was this whole Anthony Weiner thing. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was a you know several years ago, whatever. But he was a congressman. Uh, he was uh, he was from New York and he was a congressman and the scandal happened where they allegedly found photos that he had sent to people over social media using Twitter, whoever thinks that's a good idea, and they found this and he did not immediately resign. He actually did not resign, by the way, until Nancy Pelosi and Debbie Watchman Schultz called for him to resign, and then he resigned shortly after that. But this whole idea that that uh, Katie Hill is only having to resign because she's a woman and we just let guys get away with this all the time. It's just a non-starter. It's not true. We've seen this over the last several years. It's, it's not the case. Now, maybe there were accusations that she's decided are true that haven't actually been proven true, so that's what she's talking about. But in the cases where we've literally seen a photo come out of someone doing something in all of those cases, whether it was a woman or a man, especially when it was a man, that person was gone eventually. Even when he was a Democrat, he was gone. I think part of our problem in this culture that we have that, that's been building over the last several years is, you know, this whole Make America Great thing, again thing, I think reminds me of, 
you know, my grandparents' time, let's say, when you made a mistake or you were doing something wrong and, you know, or made a mistake, whatever, what you did is you owned up to that mistake. Yeah. yeah. And you, you did the honorable thing and you resigned or you quit or whatever. And today it's always blame everyone else for your problems. It's, it's never your responsibility. Why in your resignation did you not say I did a terrible thing? I should have never had a relationship with my staffers because that's what I, that's what the ethics say as a Congresswoman. Um, and you, own up to your mistakes and you start over. You apologize and you start over. That's what you should do. It's not like, look, no one out there is perfect. And obviously, you know, sexual crimes are a really big deal and they should be, but whether or not it was consensual doesn't matter. You violated the, you violated the ethics that were passed. Yeah. So did Al Franken. She agreed with before Anthony Weiner. So did everybody else that's had to resign because of this. What, no one's talking about Bill Clinton, who was impeached yeah. because of sexual relations with a staffer yeah, and still remained president. It's amazing that well, like, whenever a guy does it, it's him using his power, and that's how he was able to do these sexual things with these women is because he had power, and they were just overtaken by that, and they had to do something with him. But then... We have a woman who's got power. She's in the U.S. House of Representatives, and she's doing stuff with her staffers. And oh, that's not that's a, that wasn't out of power. No, this was out of love. That's yeah. a, that's all that was. It's actually the people who are coming out against her that is the power coming out against her because that's where she is on the hierarchy. You know, she's a bisexual wo- freshman woman congressman. And so she's, you know, I guess lower on whatever that, whatever hierarchy people have put in their minds. And so she can't possibly be accused of using her power as a congresswoman to do these kinds of things with her staffers. No, that can't even be part of the conversation. Yeah. At all. At the end here, she said, I'm leaving because of a misogynistic culture. No, you're leaving because you made a mistake. Yeah. You, you sh- this should have said, I'm leaving because I made a mistake. I apologize. I own it. I'm responsible. I will stop doing those things. Yeah. No, that's not it. It was an honor to serve my constituents while I had the chance. Like that, that's not, but instead, let's blame this m- mythical misogynist, misogynist. I said that word several times with no problem. Misogynistic? Misogynistic yeah. culture. Yeah. And uh, I'm just, it's just mind boggling. Now, I will say, that you know, taking pictures of people and posting them without their consent is wrong as well. I you shouldn't do that. I don't think you should do that ever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, think it's called revenge porn. Yeah. Right. That's mm-hmm. wrong. You should never. Uh, if pictures are sent to you with consent or anything like that, you, they should never ever be uploaded or given to anyone else without consent. Yeah. That is wrong because the person did not give you permission to blast their sexually explicit images. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, you know, I had already started the day in a bad mood, just so you know, because on my way over here today, I heard on WTN, the local uh, Nashville talk radio station, I heard them talking about Elizabeth Warren releasing her plan for how she's going to pay for Medicare for all. What a transition. (laughs) That's how I started my day, just so you know. I I thought you said Elizabeth Warren releasing. Yeah. And I was like, what? 
pictures? Well, no, maybe, maybe God. <laughs> if maybe someone's got some of those, maybe they'll oh, they know they should release them until no, just before the election. No, I, guess. I don't know. No one wants to see that. Yeah, I guess yeah. we could wait until after she wins, and then we could spend her entire presidency going through impeachment proceedings. So maybe yeah. they could just do that. It's probably my misogynistic, uh, you know, male brain. The yeah. fact that I don't want to see Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, in that way. Yeah, you're it's just obviously because I hate her. You're just an ageist her. is all is all you are. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an ageist. Yeah. So no, no one wants to see that, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Would she have to be stoned? Like, is it, what are the tribal rules on sending out photos of yourself? New, so we would have to think? consult the. Uh, we'd have to consult the elders. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the witch doctor. So, um, Warren, just so you guys know, we run a website called LizLies.com. L-I-Z. L-I-Z-L-I-E. S dot com. <laughs> so go to uh, go to that. But so she, you know, she's been questioned several times about whether or not she's going to raise taxes on the middle class to pay for her plan. And we have credited Bernie Sanders with at least being honest about this. He has he has actually been well, kind of, kind of. He has been a slightly more realistic in the fact that he has said that people's taxes will have to go up, including people in the middle class, the coveted middle class of America. And he has actually said that their taxes are going to have to go up. But Elizabeth Warren has now came out and said that she's going to pay for the $52 trillion over a decade without raising taxes on the middle class. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Isn't, Man. isn't that so amazing? Uh, there's then there's no reason not to go for it. I guess not. Yeah. yeah. So this is from the New York Times. It says in a new outline, Warren's campaign said her single payer health plan would cost the country just under fifty two trillion dollars over a decade, which includes twenty point five trillion in new federal spending. It estimates the proposal would cost just less just less than the estimated fifty two trillion in spending for the current system over ten years. So Miss Warren would pay for the $20.5 trillion in new federal spending through a mix of sources, including, here we go, here's some of them. She's going to require employers to pay the government a similar amount. Well, that's specific. That's a plan right there. She's going to require employers to pay the government a similar amount to what they are currently spending on their employees' health care, totaling $8.8 trillion over a decade. So employers are going to cover a large a large part of this, and then changing how investment gains are taxed for the top 1% of households. So that's your capital gains tax right there, which will raise $2 trillion, she says, over 10 years, and ramping up her signature wealth tax proposal to be steeper on billionaires, raising another $1 trillion. So just so you know, just to cut in on this, her proposed wealth tax has already gone up like in the last month. This is not even like once she got into office, it went up. She's already doubled her proposed wealth tax without even being in power. So, um, yeah, but you can stick by this number. This is what it's going to be right here. This one for sure this time. And and I will say, if you do want to tax the rich, the way to do it is the investment gains, the capital gains. Yeah, that that's a big one. But yes. we can, we'll definitely go into here how that's a, uh, a very bad idea. Horrible. It's, it's a very bad idea. What you tax, you get it's less of. Terrible, man. So everyone knows that what you tax, you get less of. I don't know whether or not it would be good for an economy if you taxed investment, that's not that that's not good. And then she's going to not even just the 
capital gains tax, but then she's also going to institute a new tax on financial transactions like stock trades, which will bring in $800 billion over that time, she says. And then she's also counting on, by the way, this is... She's also counting on $800 billion in cuts to military spending. So that would be $80 billion in cuts in military spending. So anyway. Which we could deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Charlie, we use a shared note program. We're using Google Documents that go by uh, our <laughs> podcast notes here. And Charlie is typing hilarious messages onto the Google Notes while I'm trying to read through <laughs> these notes. It's like having a voice in your ear. He's altering you know? what I'm reading as I'm reading it and putting like really funny stuff that I know I can't say <laughs> on on this microphone. So I have to skip over it and act like it's not there. Oh, so, so good. <laughs> so um, The letters appear like as I'm typing them. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is interesting because Joe Biden's campaign has already came out and said that this is a bad idea. Uh, so Joe Biden's campaign quickly criticized Miss Warren's plan. Kate Bedingfield, a deputy campaign manager for Mr. Biden, called the plan unrealistic and said the required contribution from employers would fall on American workers. Duh. Is <laughs> Duh. You've got a Democratic campaign manager saying that this that this tax is going to be transferred to the workers. Now, how in the world can they not follow this logic with everything else they propose? <laughs> Jesus, save know. us, please. Oh, gosh. There's another $3 trillion that she's going to raise, and that's from the wealth tax. So she had already proposed a 3% annual tax on net worth over $1 billion. Well, now she has doubled that tax rate to 6% for net worth over $1 billion. That's a bad idea, by the way. That's, that's not a good thing. Horrible idea. It doesn't matter how much you don't like rich people. That will not be a good thing at all. Plus, we've talked about this several, several times. Most of the wealthy's wealth is in the ownership of the companies that they have. Jeff Bezos's wealth, like 90% of it, is Amazon stock. And the Waltons, most of their wealth, like 85% of it, is in Walmart stock. Uh, Elon Musk's wealth, uh, like 99.5% of it, is in SpaceX and Tesla, in, in their ownership. So these people, like where you're talking about taxing, if you said Jeff Bezos is worth $120 billion, and you're going to tax that at 6%, well, that, that would make you think that maybe you're going to get something like $7 billion a year off of him. But the problem is such a massive portion of that is actually in stock ownership. That so does the government just get the stock ownership? That, or are they so, forced to sell it and then pay? Like, what is it? That's the issue, is that they would be forced to sell their ownership stakes in their companies to pay this wealth tax. So this is really, I mean, it's a bad idea. It's something that people in Europe have tried, and literally it went a few years and they got rid of it because th this is just not something, first off, that people are going to pay. They're going to come up with all kinds of different ways to get around this that we're not even thinking about. And secondly, it's going to be really, really terrible for the economy because it punishes the people who produce things, and that's not what you want to do. We need these. <laughs> the people just seem to think that, like, all the things that we have that they just magically appear everywhere. And as Biden's campaign said, it's going to fall on American workers. Exactly. And the consumers and everyone else. So she wants to raise the corporate tax rate. She wants to raise all the taxes on all the wealthy. She wants the employers to be paying uh, towards this system. And the problem is all of that tax 
is just going to come out of what those producers charge you for everything. So like if you think that you're going to get out of this and not pay for it, if you think you're actually going to get free healthcare and you're not going to pay for it in any kind of way, then I, I don't know if I don't even know if you've made it this far in the podcast, I guess, because you can't understand half the words we're saying. Honestly, so I, I there's just, even more in here, by the way, this there's fees on the 40 largest banks. Yeah, there's a yeah. So I have all these all these different things on here that um, this was actually released. This is what she put out saying how she was going to uh, to to raise all this money. So, yeah. What were you reading that there on the on the chart? Yeah. How Warren would pay for Medicare for all on, underneath taxes on financial firms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One one-tenth percent tax on financial transactions and then fees on the 40 largest banks just yeah fees just imposing fees i'll just put fees who do you think's going to pay those fees yeah who's going to the banks aren't going to pay them no the people who keep their money in those banks are going to pay them and if those are the wealthy people that keep their money in those banks they're not going to pay it either it's going to be all the people that pay the wealthy for producing all their stuff here's like look if I'm going to have to pay for my health care either way, why can't I just decide? Why? Why does the government have to decide? How, why do they know better than me? I don't know. And how can they take my money, whether it's through taxing the rich, which ultimately falls on me, or taxing uh, companies, which ultimately falls on me and all the other consumers, and falls on you, the consumer, Why? Instead of doing all that and having the government take its administrative fee, which we've seen increase with the Affordable Care Act, the quote, that's the unaffordable care act. Exactly. Which has caused prices to skyrocket and it's caused deductibles to double, by the way. Nate has a really good video on that, by the way. You'll be putting out uh, tonight. Yes. So tonight... Go check out the Facebook page and YouTube and all that. You'll see a great video on how the Unaffordable Care Act took place. So why in the hell would we trust government with Medicare for all? And if I'm going to be spending money on this regardless, why don't I get to be in control? Why can't I control my own money? The funny part about this, too, is all of their assumptions on the cost that this is going to be, it all hinges on they're going to force doctors and hospitals and pharmaceutical companies to make less money. And that's how they're coming out with how much this is going to cost. They're saying that they're going to reduce costs in all of these different industries somehow. It'll be the first time ever the government got involved in something and reduced the cost of it. They have never done that, ever. And the thing is, what you'll see is that less people will go into those industries. Do you really want less people investing in new life-saving medications? Is that really what you want? Is less people doing that? Do you want less people deciding to be a doctor? Do you want the way that we talk about teachers and policemen and firemen to be how we talk about doctors soon, about how they're just overworked and underpaid all the time? Is that really what you want from the people who you're going to charge with keeping you alive in a really bad situation? These people are paid a lot of money because they save people's lives. And when you talk about the value of healthcare, listen, it's too expensive. It is too expensive. We both agree on that. But we need to have a little conversation about priorities here. Because when I ask you about your child, Charlie, and I say, hey, Charlie, um, how much could I get Parker for? What do you think, about 10000 bucks, 20000 You know, you just let him, you know, he just won't be there anymore. Like, what do you think, 20000 buy that from you? No. No? No? 30000 40000 
couple hot dogs too, maybe something like that. Okay, we'll kick in <laughs> some. Of, so when you start thinking about the value of a life at that point in time, how is it? That, According to Mastercard, it really is priceless. It, it is. Yeah, it, the value of a life is priceless. But unfortunately, in monetary value, ask yourself how much someone would have to pay you for you to be okay with one of your loved ones dying. It would probably be an insane amount of money. Probably an insane. So you're saying that they're worth. An insane amount it's, of money. It's everything you have. Everything possible. Billions upon trillions. You can't even put a number on it. Kind of money. Yet when you talk about someone literally saving your life from you are going to be dead or you're going to be able to live a lot longer life, you decide that you shouldn't have to pay more than a thousand freaking bucks for that. How does that make any sense whatsoever? When you're telling me that your loved one's life is worth trillions of dollars to you, but apparently your loved one's life is actually worth like a thousand to you. That's what it's actually worth. You know, it's it's ridiculous. And worse care. Yes, and even worse care because it's the government now, doesn't make things better. This is very interesting because I was having a conversation at lunch today with uh, my girlfriend. I was able to go to lunch with my girlfriend today, which is nice. We had some Mexican food, and we were having this conversation because I've been watching the series I told you about, Nate, called Unnatural Selection on Facebook. Yeah. And episode two is nothing but a slam on pharmaceutical companies and the prices they charge. Yeah. Now, look, it is way too expensive. And so they're coming out with these new genetic modifying drugs. Um, and so one of the first ones that they have developed is one that re restores eyesight. There's a rare genetic condition where you can go blind by having the wrong protein in one of your genes. Now, I don't want to get too technical and bore you here. But what one company has found is that if you inject the eye with the correct protein, then you, they can restore vision. And it's not guaranteed, but your your genes and your cells could take on the correct protein instead of have the incorrect one, and your vision can be restored. Well, that's really cool. Well, uh, it's it's been FDA approved now, so they've started doing this therapy, and it costs $750,000 for the first year of treatment. And then every year after that, you have to pay $375,000. Now, who in the world could actually afford that? Very few people, the rich. Now, there's a couple things about that. One, I want to say, I was telling uh, Stephanie, I was like, look, this is why I believe it's important to be as rich as you can possibly be. Because no matter what, I don't care if it costs $100 million for my son to have heart surgery because it's the only doctor that'll do it. And that's what he's going to charge me because he maybe he's greedy and taking advantage. I don't care if I'm rich enough. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I solve that problem because ultimately I believe it's my responsibility to take care of myself and my family. That's what I believe. And so regardless of what government ever does, regardless of what anyone else ever does, regardless of greed, regardless of any of that. It's my responsibility. So to being as rich as you can possibly be, I don't care about houses or cars or the black card, whatever. All that stuff's nice. Great. What I care most about is being as responsible as I possibly can for myself and my family to where there are no barriers to anything in life. There's no barriers to travel. There's no barriers to medical care. There's no barriers to any of that. That's one. Two, we were talking about why therapies like that cost so much. This is brand new. It has taken a lot of research and development, but if you talk to the CEO of Spark Therapeutics, which which is a CEO of the company that has developed this therapy to regain your eyesight, he said, and, I, and I'm quoting from the documentary here, he said that we didn't look at our cost of operations, we didn't look at our research and development costs, we didn't look at any of that. What we looked at 
is what is the value of the patient regaining their eyesight? Now, that's greedy and that's wrong, I would say, because they're not looking at the numbers and saying, okay, well, we need to, here's all of our costs and we need to make, you know, a 20, 30, 40, 50% profit so we can continue research and developing and keeping. So I think that is wrong, but here's why they're able to do that. They're able to do that because I said one key thing. It's the first FDA approved therapy. So we, it takes on average 10 years to get approved by the FDA. Now, look, let me give you a perfect, perfect example of a perfect example of in medicine, in healthcare, where we haven't had heavy regulations and the cost has gone down tremendously. It's LASIK eye surgery. It's one of the perfect examples where eye surgeons have been able to restore your sight through LASIK eye surgery, through laser eye surgery. And when it first came out, it was like $100,000 per eye. It's like 200 grand. It was really expensive. Well, what happened is, is Dr. Smith and Dr. Joe and all these other eye surgeons, all these other optometrists out there, it could have been Rand Paul even, all of these eye doctors out there were like, oh my God, $100,000 per eye. That's a lot of money I could make. I'm going to enter it and I'm going to do it for 90000 an eye. And then Dr. Wong said, I'll do it for 50000 an eye. And people, when things are really expensive and there's a lot of profit to be made, people start flooding that market. Providers and uh, you know manufacturers whatever whatever product it is it doesn't matter when it first comes out when TVs first came out god they were so freaking expensive but all of these companies start entering the market all these providers start entering the market and what happens is they start lowering and lowering and lowering the price and now you can get lasix for like 500 to 1000 bucks an eye it's nothing to get laser eye surgery now when it used to be so ridiculously expensive and what happens is with these FDA regulations it is impossible for anyone else to enter the market and provide competition so that Spark Therapeutics can't be greedy and say, well, $750,000, what's the value of your eyesight? We'll charge you whatever you want. You'll pay. You, Like I said, you will give anything to help your loved ones, and they'll pay it. Yeah. And so that's the it's the government interfering with the market. That is the biggest problem because we never, we never ask why is it so expensive. We just say it's too expensive. We just say, oh, it's too expensive. Government help. Yeah. But wh why? If we can figure out why it's expensive, we can then we can reduce the cost. And that's what we should be we should be focusing on. Not how we we can steal money from the wealthy, which ultimately hurts everyone else. I know I just went on a tangent there, yeah. but I am fired up because well, this pisses me off. And the problem with this is that they're doing what the government always does, which they think they're going to reduce the cost because we've identified that the cost is too much. And they've decided that they're just simply going to reduce the cost by implementing price controls in the market. Somehow they're the saviors. Yeah, and and somehow this will be the first time ever that we've imp implemented a price control in some kind of market and we didn't end up with shortages immediately after, which is what always happens. And do you want a shortage in all of this healthcare and all of this medication? You don't. I mean, ask the people in, in Venezuela. They don't they don't want shortages in their in their healthcare. And that's what you end up with when you simply come into a market that is ballooned in price and say, well, well, we'll just set a maximum amount that you can charge for this. That'll fix the problem. That's not going to fix the problem when you're also setting a minimum amount that it has to cost for you to be able to do that. So what they do is they come in and they make something really expensive. So they keep raising the minimum amount that it's going to cost, which by the way, the minimum amount for a medication is $350 million. Even if it doesn't get approved, it costs you at least $350 million. On average, for the one out of 10 that does get approved, you end up with about $3.5 billion that ends up costing for those to get approved. 
So you have the $350 million minimum, and then you also create a maximum in what they can charge for it. So they just keep squeezing the market on both ends all the time. And what people end up saying is, well, you've made this so expensive for me to enter the market, and you're not you're telling me that I can't charge enough money to recoup my investment. I'm just going to put my money somewhere else, actually. I'm just, or I'm just going to keep my money. Or I'm just going to buy a bunch of stuff. I just won't put any money into into these new pharmaceuticals anymore. And that's not what we want. You know, all these other these other countries do benefit from medications that we make here in the U.S., that these evil, greedy drug companies make, and they set price restrictions on the medications, and the companies go with it because they can still sell the medication here in the U.S., and they can recoup the money that they need to make off of it. But when everyone is setting price controls on that, you're going to have a lot less people producing the medication, and you don't want that. You don't want that at all, whatsoever, at all. You'll end up getting suicided by Hillary Clinton right here. That's yeah. that's what we're going to talk about. Can we impeach uh, Warren, Senator Warren? We need to go ahead and do that. Yeah. Let's go ahead and I remove just, her. I'm on an impeachment strike. Let's just impeach everything everybody. we disagree with. Just impeach every. I'm going to make a new shirt that says impeach everybody. Impeach, impeach everyone. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll make that. Vote for liberty. This was really funny on Trevor Noah. Um, Hillary Clinton was on there, and uh, Charlie surprised me with this clip earlier, and it, it, was pretty, it was pretty good. Hillary, I have to ask you a question that is been plaguing me for a while. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> because you, you, you're not in power, but you have all the power. I, I really need to understand how you do what you do. Because you seem to be behind everything nefarious, and yet you do not use it to become president. <laughs> what is the game plan? Oh, that was really good. It's, yeah, and so th- I think the headlines are going, like if you look at people from the right are like, oh my God, you know, Hillary's obviously guilty because she laughed at a joke. Yeah. And you can clearly tell the way that he said it. It was absolutely hilarious. When I first saw it, it, I laughed really hard because imagine if somebody asked me that question, I would laugh. It's really, really, really funny. And she probably knew that this question was coming anyway. I don't think it was a surprise question or anything. Like, it was a joke. This is a joke program where they make jokes about things. Now, look, you can go down the conspiracy rabbit hole if you want. Uh, there's no proof again. Yeah. Now look, people that are tied to the Clintons seem to commit suicide quite often. That could just be out of sheer depression about being tied to the Clintons. It's, it could be right. Yeah. Now, I think there are a few cases where some people have shot themselves in the head twice. It, yeah. Yeah. But it happens. But, but but look, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, go down it. Maybe it is true. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on that. I think it's true. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You, <laughs> you're in on it. I'm in on the, uh, I don't know if it was the Clintons. Hell, heck, it could have been Trump. Uh, I don't know. Right. Who knows? It could have been any. Oh, wait, any... wait, you're, you're specifically about Epstein. Oh, Epstein. Or, yeah. Or Epstein. Yeah. I'm saying, um, I don't think he suicided himself in that cell. I don't think he did either. Yeah. I, I really don't. Now I don't know who did it. Now, somehow, I... It's because like, okay, somehow the cameras were off. Somehow the guards fell asleep. Yeah. It was like the perfect storm. In my assumption, uh, this has been the most perfectly laid out bipartisan effort we've ever seen more more than likely yeah i think they finally all came together on something and, and took care of him because there were just too many people that were going to go down if this guy was gonna if he was gonna go down there's a heck of a lot of people that are probably gonna go down too which you know it could it could still happen by the way although we keep forgetting about it. now this is one thing we haven't really covered yet which is the jeffrey epstein 
case and uh you know his whore island that he created <laughs> and all of that and uh so i pulled this article from the new york times because there's a doctor coming out a pretty famous uh pathologist who is saying that uh it is consistent more with murder than it is with a suicide yeah and so this from the new york times in august the new york city medical examiner concluded that jeffrey epstein the financer who was awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges had hanged himself inside his Manhattan jail jail cell. But on Wednesday, more than two months after the official autopsy ruled the death a suicide, a forensic pathologist hired by Mr. Epstein's brother claimed that evidence points to homicide. Dr. Michael Baden claimed on the morning TV show Fox and Friends that evidence suggested Mr. Epstein, 66, may have been strangled. Dr. Baden is a former New York City medical examiner and a Fox News contributor, said Mr. Epstein experienced a number of injuries that were extremely unusual in suicidal hangings and could occur with much more commonly in homicidal strangulation. Now, they also I I know that the uh, the medical examiner from New York City that performed the autopsy fought back, you know, shot back and was like, these are the same injuries you would see in homicide or suicide. Like It could be both. Yeah. So, and, and I wanted to give a little background on this doctor as well, because he's kind of a, a famous one. Um, so this from Wikipedia, the Dr. Baden is an American physician and board certified forensic pathologist known for his work investigating high profile deaths and is the host of HBO's autopsy. He's considered controversial and has a number and has on a number of occasions been on the opposite side of many experts in his line of work. And I mentioned that because you know, obviously with it being a hot button issue, it's possible that Baden is just saying these things to boost his own profile. Cause yeah. that's what you got to do when you, when you want to remain famous, yeah. you have to put yourself in the headlines. Yeah. So if he's got a show or something like that, I mean, there's going to be a lot more people checking him out. Yeah, exactly. This. Which, which ultimately makes more money. Now I, I, I think that you could say, or you could reasonably suspect that there's foul play going on. Yeah. Because, and there has to be some sort of, you know, documents that, you know, outlines the people like Bill Clinton or Trump or other high profile people, even Jeff Bezos. I mentioned that there's an article saying that Bezos was somehow tied with an associate that visited Epstein's whore Island and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and then of course, like there's a number of lawsuits pending for all of the uh, people who are claiming they were victims of this. And so, I mean, I hope they eventually, what, do you think this has any ties to the pizza gate it, it investigation? It, it possibly could. It, did Epstein own the pizza shop? Pizza shop you think? Did, I don't know. Is that what it was? No. Was that just like a, a front? Was that like the money laundering front right there? The most, the most successful pizza place in New York ever. I think that's what they were saying. Okay. I but gotcha. somehow nobody can tie it all together. Hmm. And so something's, I feel like something's being suppressed here, but I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. I'm not sure if I'm willing to, you know, start investigating it because something might happen. That's one thing I've always learned. You know, I've always been someone that's, I'm pretty easy to fall in line with different conspiracy theories. I'll just say it that way because I like thinking I have distrust for power, and I don't. I don't trust what the media tells you, and I'm sure a lot of you guys listening are like that too. 
And so I've always been really easy to fall into a lot of these conspiracy theories, and I'm not going to name them right now. And it's always right to question everything. I think that's absolutely your duty. It is. Not, you know, it's your responsibility to question things. And it was honestly some of the conspiracy theories. When I realized that I like believed a lot of them, it, it developed this whole idea in my mind that I should question power all the time. And once I started questioning power, then I started not wanting there to be more power. And I think that's why a lot of libertarians maybe will fall in line with the conspiracy theories because they might be people who, you know, that just kind of opened up their mind to this idea that you shouldn't trust the government. But what I have always realized is that I, I don't, I don't know. I don't actually know. Now I know what I believe about a lot of different conspiracy theories but no matter what, it doesn't matter what documentary you watch anywhere, it doesn't matter what show you watch, it's always someone else telling you information, always. Uh, especially if it's a show about conspiracy theories. Like, that's their show. That's what that's what they're supposed to do. And you can make a documentary that will sway you in any kind of direction and at any point in time. And Human beings are easily persuas- persuaded. Yeah, they are. And so what I've always decided is, okay... I think this could it could be true. Let's just open our minds up to it could be true. But after that, you don't know it's true. I don't know if any of the conspiracies the uh, conspiracy theories that I believe in are true whatsoever. I don't know if Epstein actually was suicided or if he if he committed suicide. I don't really know. Uh, I know what I believe, but all I'm saying is just Always keep that in mind, and unless you went and investigated yourself, unless you literally went and you found you found the tape or you found the person that texted someone that said that they were going to turn the cameras off or or whatever, like then you actually never know. You will always be listening to someone else tell you what happened, and you never know what that person's uh, reasons for doing that could be. Now, look, I, in regards to this case, I think they had clear evidence that Epstein did run an island that was, you know, sexually abusive to yeah. all kinds of underage girls. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. So, and they I know d- they do know that you know, Clinton, for example, had had flown on Epstein's plane a bunch of times and apparently several times without secret service, but he had flown with Epstein what is it like 17 times or something like yeah. that and like six or seven of them he didn't even take the secret service with him, which I don't know if I believe that because I don't know if they will actually do that or not. But I think it's pretty well known that the whole, uh, you know, the sexual island here, that, that that's not a conspiracy theory, that that, that that did exist. Right. And But what I'm saying is I don't understand why prosecutors are not digging deeper. Like if this island existed and the claims are being made by the victims that it was more than just Epstein himself. It's probably because... How can they not follow the evidence? Like, what? Why is this story so dead? It's probably because they don't want to shoot themselves twice in the back of the head some night. So they don't want to investigate it whatsoever. They're, they're just not going to. I'm know? loving all the memes coming out. Oh, they're hilarious. They're so good. Yeah. It'd be like some long, drawn-out story, some facts about some kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, some whale. It's like the humpback whale goes this many minutes underwater and can be this big. And also Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Yes. It's hilarious. And, and they're also like, you know, popular memes that were, re, that have been recycled. Yeah. And people just add at the bottom, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. I, I like it. It's really funny. And also I think it's powerful because it, I think it's everyone seeing this, which is regardless of what the mainstream media is telling us, we're, we're keeping the story going. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's important. I think they need to get to the bottom of this and, 
anyone who is ever involved in this, uh, you know, sex trafficking or anything like that, they should be brought down. They should. They should. They should be in jail. If I, I might even go the Ben Shapiro route, and we should castrate them if we find them guilty. Even if it's even if Jeff Bezos is involved somehow, yes. who's one of my favorite people in the world. If I find out that he was actually involved in this somehow, yeah, he should go to prison. Yeah, put him in prison. Do for it the, for the rest of his life. As long as he signs his disgusting. shares. Disgusting. As long as he signs his shares over to me, I'll be good with that. <laughs> I don't for care. sure. Who he signed just shares over to prison. Yep. Okay, so we got to wrap this up because what you guys might not be able to tell is that we had to stop about 15 times during this episode and fix technical issues with that whole, uh, you know, there's a conspiracy theory going around the office that I somehow plugged in something incorrectly <laughs> and fried the, uh, you, the uh, audio interface that we use. We don't know for sure that that happened. Honestly, that's just speculation. There'll be a formal investigation. We'll look into it, and Charlie might not even be here on Monday. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But uh, we had to use this old soundboard, and unfortunately, it's run out of tape. So we've, uh, we've got to go ahead and put this episode out now. <laughs> and so <laughs> if you guys will just... Just do, Mr. Producer. do one thing that's really important for us. Uh, you know, go follow us on Instagram. Tell your friends about the podcast. Don't text and drive when you're listening to our episode, by the way. That's a rule. When you're listening to our episode, don't text and drive. while you're. It's not worth it. Not one single mm-hmm. thing that you're going to say is worth it whatsoever at all. So uh, don't do that. Uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. We got to get off here and go do our live handgun giveaway that we've been advertising for a while. So we're going to give someone a free Ruger LCP 380. If you're just now hearing about this, then you're too late. And that too is, late. it's your fault, not ours. Honestly, it's your fault and Facebook for not letting us run advertisements about the giveaway. So um, <laughs> it's those two things, potentially. So anyway, go follow all those pages. Leave us a rating and review on Facebook because the haters are getting on there and leaving us reviews. It's really funny. You'll have some people get on there and say that we're like never Trumpers and they'll leave us a negative review. And then you'll have other people right afterwards get on and say that we love Trump and, uh, and give us a negative review. And that's always the problem with being a libertarian. And, and you're wearing a make tax, taxation theft again hat. I am. I'm wearing a MATA hat right now. Yes. And, you know, we're not never Trumpers or always Trumpers. We just call it like it is. If he does something we don't like, then we tell you guys about it. If he does something we like, then we tell you guys about it. And, and that's, why, that's why you should always tell your friends about this show, because the objectivity of all these issues, that's something that we are missing in politics today. And I want to read a couple reviews for you that we've gotten in lately. So I want to uh, thank you guys for that. We have one from Met Foreman Rocks. Which is, uh, the, the title of this review is awesome. Opening my eyes to libertarian ideology, which is, this is exactly what we're all about, right? We're converting people to liberty. So this person says, as a conservative, I agree with the majority of the things these two talk about. You don't have to agree with everything we say. That's, that's perfect. The majority of things. I don't even agree with everything we say, (laughs) but they are so great. I'm opening up more to their style of libertarianism. What a great review. Thank you for that. I'm humbled by that. And that's part of the, that's part of some of this is intentional, by the way, like we're libertarians, but we talked about this today and yesterday. Like there's one thing we know for sure about libertarians and what we know for sure is that they're already libertarians or they wouldn't be in that category. So we're not exactly trying to preach to the choir all the time. You guys can go to people who are far more educated, you know, some great Harvard educated people running podcasts if you want to learn and go more in depth on these things. But 
what we want to do is talk to people who are maybe on the fence or maybe they're further over to the right and we can let them know that uh, government can be bad in all forms and there's a better way there's always a better way and maybe your guy's in power right now but you don't know who the next guy or girl is going to be that's in power or whatever they identify as you don't know who who's going to be in power and since you don't know that person then i recommend you don't give them more power right now that's because that's what you're doing so we're always talking to people that we think we can bring into maybe the libertarian movement not specifically the party but just be more liberty-minded about everything one more review here this is on apple podcast uh, from from real freedom uh, great listen they say i may not agree with everything they say so again not, they're not agreeing with everything we say he said however they are very objective of everything, and I fully support that. I enjoy that they are very logical in thought as well as covering real news headlines and not just what the mainstream media wants you to hear. Love this podcast. Keep it up. I am just absolutely humbled, and I appreciate you guys doing that for us. So on your favorite podcasting app, wherever you listen to our show, leave us a rating and review five stars if you think it's worth it. Guys, we can't thank you enough for listening. We have to go do this drawing that uh, that we just you know, told everyone that we were going to do. Uh, so we are a men of our word, if I could say that. So we have to go do this drawing. So if you guys do all of that, we will be back again to do this on Monday. We hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.